Hey there, this is the Shortlist Podcast on iTunes, Omni or whatever platform you listen to your potties on. We usually hang out with you from 4pm every Sunday on Sin 90.7. However, we're taking all our bits and pieces and popping them online for your convenience. We are Gloria and Ro and we're here to introduce you to all your new favourite artists. Hell yeah we are. We're digging into the inspirations, motivations and stories behind the bands on the way up. So come along for the ride. It's great to have you here. This is The Shortlist with Gloria and Ro, introducing you to your new favourite band. We did have a chat with um, Sydney via New Zealand, new soul artist, Wallace. Um, she's very lovely. There was a lot of laughter um, in the chat, but it's very cool. We'll chat about uh, her origins, how she actually made the move from New Zealand to Sydney, why she chose to do that, and a little bit about her career so far. She's a very exciting artist, in my opinion, and I think she's got lots of cool things to come. So it was a really nice chat. Let's go right back to the beginning. What were your musical experiences like in New Zealand? I heard in another interview um, that you were in a band in Wellington with Connor from Fortunes, which I didn't know about. Yeah, I was. I was studying jazz at the time in Wellington. And, um, yeah, we had this band called The Dreamers, and it was, um, it was great fun. I did a lot of jazz stuff through high school and then went on to study it. And my dad's always been... A, a big blues lover so I kind of grew up with that and lots of soul and oh and lots of musical theatre too <laughs> when I was younger I've always I've always been you know able to do the singing part of things and the dancing side of things I'm a terrible actress <laughs> I was normally you know the girl that would just like have a song and then just kind of not be in any of the scenes because <laughs> I was terrible it was through, um, a bit through school, but I did some things outside of school for Wellington Musical Theatre. Your music draws a lot from jazz, soul, you've always got the neo-soul sound. There is a bit of blues, which, as you said, obviously comes from your dad. But how did all those influences all come about into your own music? The jazz side of things, I mean, I play, everyone in my band has studied jazz as well. That, that's kind of a big influence. And obviously in my voice, my tone tends to be described as quite jazzy. But I've always loved dancing and I got really into hip-hop and neo-soul when I was probably in my late teens. That's, that's a big influence as well. And then like electronic music, like I love Little Dragon and bands like that. And I love like Flying Lotus, like producers that create like really wonky <laughs> wonky beats it's nice it sounds like things have crept into what I'm writing that it means that I feel like I'm doing the right thing you started out in jazz working with jazz standards and covering songs but how has this helped your understanding of an involvement with jazz now jazz is a really good way to be really comfortable with improvising on stage Hopefully it doesn't, but if something happens to go wrong or something on stage, I've got lots of mechanisms for dealing with that. There's lots of communication in jazz, which I find is really, really helpful. I see some acts, if something doesn't go, like, perfect, they can kind of have a bit of a freak out. And it's nice that my boys and I, we all just work through those problems. And sometimes you end up going off into a bit of a tangent, and it can be really interesting. Mistakes are cool. I like that. That's a good yeah. motto to keep with you. And as we spoke about, you are from New Zealand, but you are in Sydney, and you've been here for almost five years. Yeah, pretty much right on the, right on the dot. I moved over in March 2012 kind of definitely calling Sydney home at the moment, much to my mum's dismay. But I, I love it here. I've been travelling a little bit in the last couple of years as well, and I love Melbourne. I love Melbourne a lot. I'm really excited to be able to do some gigs down there recently. Australia is amazing. The weather, 
and I've made some really, really great friends in the scene up here and I'm loving it. I did a couple of jazz camps in Sydney, which was very fun. That was kind of at the end of high school. I met lots of people through that and I had lots of friends that had moved over here to study at the Sydney Conservatorium. One of those guys is actually in my band, Andrew. I've known him since I was about... 12 in Wellington and so yeah I had some good friends over here I hadn't lived out of home before and I was just like why don't I just do it all at once I'd had some really cool times in Sydney and not too far away where I couldn't go back home I like how close Australia is to New Zealand because I'm very close with my family it just seemed like the right move and I feel like it, it was the right one so how did that <laughs> one go when you decided to tell your parents they've always been very very supportive so obviously there's a few more opportunities I mean uh, New Zealand's amazing for music obviously there's some great people that come out of there but there's just you know there's more gigs to do and there's more gigs to see so they're really supportive but mum's still hoping that I'm just going to completely run out of money and have to come back home <laughs> she tells me that constantly I'm, I'm an only child as well so um, it's just me so that, that was hard but we talk all the time and I, I'm actually doing my first gig in New Zealand since I moved over here five years ago in June and I'm very, very excited about it. I, I try and go back a couple of times a year and lots of connection with it. So I wanted to chat about that first single. How did you decide that Vinyl Skip was going to be the one that was going to launch Wallace? It was the only one at that stage. <laughs> I've sung for, for a long time now and kind of when I moved over here I was just doing covers gigs. I was doing lots of like Badu and trip hop stuff. I was, had a residency doing that and, and I was really enjoying it but lots of my friends were like, you need to, you need to start writing something. And so I had uh, one friend in particular who was like, right, you're just, you're just doing this. And I had a, a really good friend who's done all my vocal tracking, Simon Cohen, who recently just got nominated for a Grammy. He's just ridiculous. And then he, he really wanted to work with me for a little while. So we just got into the studio and we're like, right, we're just going to do this. And then we just released it, not really knowing what would happen. It's been pretty fun so far. So I just kept on releasing them. So I was just I'm pretty much just released songs as I've written them. I've got, I've got an EP hopefully coming out later in the year. I've, I've got a few, I've got a set to other songs now. So yeah, it's going to be really exciting to release that all at once. So I've released five singles over the last couple of years. So it's going to be really nice to physically hold a CD or a vinyl or whatever we get pressed. It's going to be a really cool moment. Your track Beauty, you collaborated on that one with Sampa the Great. And since then, you have done a whole heap of collaborating. All of your tracks have seen you working with some really great artists, Rodriguez, Crack and Smack, Crooked Letters, just to name a few. Is clubbing something that's really important to you and your sound? Yeah, I I just I just love the, the process. I definitely write some of my stuff just alone, but I find it really helpful for when I'm when I'm coming up with my melodies and lyrics and stuff to have production. I draw a lot from the drums and beats and things, so I find it really hard to think of my song as a whole when I'm in the process of writing if I can't hear the, the beat. So I love I love working that way. Rodriguez is a good friend of mine. We used to do it. He's an amazing guitarist. We've, we've done quite a few gigs together in the past, and we had started writing stuff for Sampler, and I was just like, hey, what about, can you cut up some, some jazz for me? And he did Negroni Eyes and Raffled Roses for me. I really love working that way. I love, like, an inclusive way of writing. And the songs that I haven't released yet that I've written with my band, I kind of go to them with a melody and, and lyrics and everything, and then we just kind of workshop through the ideas. I find it works a lot better for me that way. 
always got Rodriguez, there's a specific jazz standard that I love that's um, an instrumental trap. And I've always wanted to sing it, but I can't really unless I'm just kind of singing the melody. It's called Nardis, and it's a Miles Davis tune that Bill Evans made famous. I just, I just always loved it. And I just said to him, hey, can you cut it up for me? And he cut up like six different versions of it. And it's the one with all the strings. I kind of told him exactly what I wanted. With Raffle Doses, I want something that's a bit happier. <laughs> it's almost just really moody. And he came back with that, and it was just amazing. But then with Crack and Smack, that was a track that they'd already just done. They know my publicist, and they were, just, they were looking for an artist to sing over it. And I was like, oh, how about Wallace? There wasn't really a lot of collaboration in that. It was just kind of they had that track. I made some stuff up over it. But with Crooked Letter, we kind of went back and forth a little bit. He's a good friend of mine as well, just kind of changing forms and things. But he pretty much had the beat in its entirety when he sent it through, and I just loved it. And dumped him right over into it all night. Things will just come about in their own ways. It's hard to have like a formula when you're working with creatives because everyone just has their own ways. Vinyl Skip and Beauty were banned collaborations, but um, since then I've just been releasing the produced ones. On the EP, there's going to be a couple. There's one that I wrote about Peter Pan and one that I've actually written about Wellington and about how bloody windy it is. So there's a couple of those ones that I've been performing for a while. They just haven't been released yet. Along similar lines with, I guess, collaborating and working with other artists, you've also done a fair bit of work as a backing vocalist. What has that aspect of your career taught you about performing under your own name? I did um, quite a few gigs for Sampa, which was really great. Just getting to play on... I've been performing for a while, so I don't particularly get nervous, but just knowing how to work bigger stages was something that was really great to kind of see happen and just and just be able to play on those stages and you know hear what the sound what it sounds like up there and so I, I learned I learned a lot from that which was really great something that I really really enjoy doing so hopefully there's going to be more in the future. How different is it being front and centre and then having to step back and singing behind somebody else? There's less pressure for sure. <laughs> the thing that scares me most about performing is talking to an audience which is ridiculous just knowing what to say and sometimes I just rattle on and other times I'll just work so much. That's something that I'm definitely working on in my live show. I feel like, especially when you're doing backing vocals for a rapper, you're there for vibe as much as anything else as well. It's really fun just focusing on the dancing as much as the singing. We chatted a bit about your origins with jazz standards and how you got into jazz music, but how did your love of jazz grow to become what it is now, working with electronic producers and the like? Growing up doing jazz, I realised quite a niche audience. And um, I started doing some covers gigs and things and realising that when you sung Superstition or whatever, people just would get up and they would dance. And to me, dancing is its one of the biggest compliments you can pay an artist. But if it's, if it's you know, in, in that style, when people feel that they need to dance to what you're creating, that just always blows me away. So I realised that I wanted to have that reaction. And I've always loved hip-hop and neo-soul, like, you know, huge Erykah Badu fan and yeah I just kind of wanted to see if I could try and mix them together a little bit and get best of both worlds. Your a new single Diaspora I think the story behind that is one of my favourites um, so it's inspired by your connection to your dad's home of Scotland which he left when he was in his early 20s and I find it so interesting because it's quite a similar story to your own. Yeah I never really thought of that actually. Crooked Letter had sent me this beat that I'd been working on and he, he's been his roots are um, he's his family's Nigerian and so he'd been checking out music from there and just kind of like diving into um, you know music from that area and yeah when he sent it to me I was just like oh I can't like I, I thought that it was awesome I, I wanted to kind of highlight that but obviously um, wanted to use my own experience 
for lyrics. And yeah, like Dad's always just told me so many stories about Scotland and lucky enough that he, he worked for Air New Zealand. So we've been on quite a few holidays over there and like because most of my family's over there still. And yeah, I've just always felt a really strong connection to it. And I've actually, there's, it's, it's kind of like sneakily hidden in there, but in kind of the middle section of the song, I've sampled Dad speaking about Scotland, which is really special to have him in there. It's amazing how you can have a, a strong feeling for a place that you didn't grow up just heard so many fond stories that my dad would tell when I was little and he's got a very strong Scottish accent so that's always kind of been there and so I thought it was kind of a cool story and the fact that it like actually relates to me because a lot of my songs don't. Navigating the music industry as an independent artist can be a tricky beast and um, have there been people around you throughout your career who have helped guide you in the right direction? Oh yeah for sure my manager's been with me from that very first song that I did um, and he's a good friend of mine and it's just been really nice to have someone that has my best interests at heart all the time. It's been really nice having him and we've recently signed with Mushroom Publishing and the boys that work there are just amazing and just other artists. You share quite a unique experience. It's been really fun doing festivals and stuff and just meeting lots of different artists. I'm definitely, definitely still very new to it all but surrounding myself with good people I think. We all kind of look out for each other which is nice because you start to see people um, especially because I was kind of doing some BBs for other people as well. Meet people on the road and you're all just in the same boat and creatives are amazing people to, to be around and very giving. Your style is also a very big focal point. Is the aesthetic that goes with your music from your on-stage outfits to even the imagery that you use with your tracks. Is that an important part of your music? Yeah, I, I think, I, I feel like it's an important part. But most, most of the stuff that I wear on stage, I do just wear in normal life as well. So it is just me, really. Even at my, I, I work in a cafe and I still just wear all the same stuff while I'm working there. Um, I guess I just, wanna, I just want my visuals to tell my story at the same time as my music, I guess. Obviously, love, love colour. Just wear a lot of, um, I wear a lot of bright things. And I don't know, it just makes me feel strong. I do all my posters and all my design stuff as well, so I've got a very hands-on approach to every visual aspect, which I think is good. It means nothing's kind of misrepresenting me as a person. You just come into the cafe that I work in, I'm wearing, like, my Betty Boop big T-shirt, or I'm wearing my Rod Stewart merch, or... <laughs> Um, lots of crazy things, but it's just it's just fun. I don't like leaving the house if I'm just kind of wearing daggy stuff. But well, it is daggy in its own way. You've travelled through your musical career so far, but you have had an incredible 2007 already. I cannot believe that we are not even halfway through, and all of the things you have done. What else can we expect from 2017? Well, yeah, so the the EP is probably the big one. We're hoping to have that out. Oh, I don't want to say date, but like later on in the year, because <laughs> I'm getting pushed back. Um, but definitely this year, I'm, I'm ready to have that have that done, and I'm really excited about like having something physical to hold that I've made. Because <laughs> um, everything's so digital, which is great. Amazing that you can reach people all over the world. But uh, yeah, it's going to be nice having that. Lots of things kind of happen last minute, or they yeah, you just kind of never know what's just around the corner. So hopefully, it surprises me too. As you were talking about before, preparing to release a physical CD, um, a lot of artists nowadays do rely on digital um, releases and the internet. It can be such a positive thing for artists. But have there been any hindrances with it as well? I think at this stage in my career, it's only a good thing. So it's so strange. There's been a couple of times where I've been tagged in, on Twitter or tagged on Instagram or something, and someone's writing about my music, but I can't read it. It's like 
there's been people talking about it in French, and there was a there was a Polish one the other day. I had to go into Google Translate and like figure out what language it was first. So that's just that just blows my mind that people in in these countries that I've sometimes you know never been to or don't know anyone from. I just think that's really insane and just freaks me out, but in a good way. You're kind of bombarded, yeah, at the same time. Like, there's obviously there's so much happening. And I, I, I try and, um, on my Spotify, I try and listen to new things that are being released all the time. And um, But, yeah, there's just there's so much, so much music out there. So, yeah, I guess you can be kind of drowned a little bit in that. But, yeah, on the whole, I've really, really appreciated that the internet exists. You are about to embark on the second part of your Diaspora tour. You'll be playing at the Penny Black on Saturday, May 13th in Melbourne, which is very exciting. But how has the first half of the tour been? It was really fun. So that, that, that part of the tour I, um, I did with Kite String Tangle and even jumped up in his set and did, um, did a couple of tunes and stuff. So that was really fun. And obviously all those gigs were sold out, so the crowds were amazing. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to this part of the tour. And then also in June, popping over to Wellington to do a gig. It's really fun touring. <laughs> it's so good. I'm Wallace, and you are listening to Diaspora. Yeah. 